When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tommy, um, I think I want to hijack this podcast. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? Well, normally we talk about cars, right? It's a car podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I just came back from the Ford F-150 Lightning program, and I want to talk about the Lightning. You think Andre's going to get mad at me? <laughs> he might give you some heck about that, but I think that is a fun topic to talk about. So the Lightning's a truck, of course, and it's electric. But Andre's podcast, the Talking Truck podcast, he went and drove the new GMC Ultimate. And so he talked about that on his podcast, so there was no room. It was so packed full of information that there was no room to talk about the Lightning. So we'll talk about it now. But what else are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the new Toyota Supra that we have at the office. And we're also going to talk about driving a Jeep into a hole and getting hopelessly stuck. Plus, um, this time today that David went out to the ranch and ran out of gas pointed up a hill. Okay, all that is coming up, maybe a few <laughs> rants, and I just want to introduce once again our newest producer, Jay. He's off camera today, but Jay, say hello. How's it going, everyone? David ran out of gas. David I ran out of gas. Yes, we were at the ranch shooting some stuff. He wanted to try the hardest obstacle we got. He pointed his truck up the hill, and it went blah, 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 blah. Wow. Yes. Wow. We've not had very good luck at the ranch recently. <laughs> no, it, it, it ate your Jeep. Uh, that video uh, we just published over at... Uh, TFL Off-Road, but you know where you can get all those videos, right? You can go to alltfl.com, and then here's the cool thing, and Jay, you know this, right? You can go on your mobile device to uh, alltfl.com, and then save, just go scroll down and say save as web app, and it saves a little icon of TFL Studios to your phone, and then you'll get all of our videos in one place, our TikToks, everything, Tommy. That's absolutely true, yeah. So let's dive right into the podcast of the day. So you went out to Texas to drive an electric pickup. Yeah, uh, and we did a bunch of things with it. So there are already two videos up. So the first video is a very complete walk around. And the other one is I got to compare the Pro, which is the $39,000 Lightning, to the Lariat. Uh, it, there's four trim levels, Pro, mm -hmm. XLT, yep. Lariat, and Platinum. The Pro starts at 39 and the, <laughs> get this guys, hmm. the <laughs> Platinum I drove, how much do you think it cost? Uh, 70. What do you 80. say? 93. Oof. Oof. I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. <laughs> wow. No, wait, 93. Yeah, 93. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, where in Texas were you? I was in San Antonio. Yeah, did you remember the Alamo? I forgot about it. I was too busy. <laughs> I did. We did a bunch of videos, and those are coming up this week. So I did a first Ito. Um, oh. I told, get this, I towed an electric oh, boat. E-tow. Yeah, Ito. 
It sounds That's what like I said. is that like the official terminology? It sounds like you're trying to say something in a foreign language. No, I just made that up. Ito. Ito. Well, it's an electric vehicle, so Ito. It's kind of like how I call PNG files pings. Yeah. And the whole office is making fun of me. And what do you call JPEGs? Gyps good. No, no, JPEGs. No. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. You got JPEGs, right? Yeah. It's not it's JP. It's PNG. No. Hold up, though. You've got JPEG, okay. which is, you don't say Is this J a Tommy Rant? Yeah, this is Tommy Rant. You don't say JPEG. That sounds silly. You don't call it a GIF. You call it a GIF? A GIF. GIF. GIF, yeah, you call it a GIF. What are you, 90 years old? You call it a GIF. No, you're the one calling a PNG file a ping. I thought they were called pings. Just uh, so our audience knows, this is an ongoing debate here in the TFL office all week. Mark my words. The uh, uh, commenters, uh, uh, if you're on YouTube, all the commenters are going to agree that it's ping. It's not. It's PNG. Sorry. Well, if you're not cool enough, it's PNG. But uh, if you're if you're uh, trendy and up to date, it's ping. All right. Uh, so what do you guys want to know about the lightning? So let me finish. So I did a first Ito, and I did an off-road video with it as well. Uh, so all those are coming up this week. So stay tuned. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, the headline for my video was, I was impressed by the uh, F-150 lightning. Well, what do you guys want to know? Jay, what do you want to know? What's, what's the most burning question you have about... Ford's new electric lightning. And keep in mind, right, keep in mind that not only is a lightning, well, the F-150, I shouldn't say lightning, the traditional ICE truck, the best-selling Ford vehicle in America, it's the best-selling vehicle, period, in America. So it's a big deal when Ford right. builds. And they got, guess how many, guess how many reservations they got? 99. No, more. What do you say? <laughs> 200,000. You got it. Yeah, they have about 200,000. That's cheating. You, you looked that up. No, I did you not. You for sure looked that up. No, that is too convenient. Tell me, actually, I, I just, I just follow the news. Uh-huh. So as we speak, the, the, the trucks are going into production, and they're delivering them to dealerships any day now. So they're delivering these things called mannequins, I guess they're called. Basically trucks that the dealership gets that they can show their customers, but they can't sell. Uh, and then... The customer trucks that have been ordered are coming, uh, so uh, you will be starting to see them at your local Ford dealership any day. So, what what questions do you have? What can I answer? First off, I, what I really want to know is this F one fifty Lightning gonna win over the naysayers? Like, can it do everything the traditional ICE F F one fifty can do? Well, you, I'm, you're gonna have to watch my vid no. <laughs> video. Well, what do you? I mean, <laughs> so, so look here. Here's the thing. Here's what I figured out. All right, there are basically three. Um, I was going to say viable, but maybe some of the other ones like Bollinger and Lordstown will become viable. But right now, there's a, it's a, there's a three or maybe four uh, race, horse race for electric trucks, right? So Rivian, and, and here's the thing about the Rivian. We've had it at the office, Tommy. You've taken it to the ranch. You've worked with it. We've done uh, pretty much everything with it. We towed with it. But at the end of the day, the Rivian is a lifestyle vehicle, Right. It's got a lot of clever engineering, but it's kind of based on the premise that people want to use their trucks as overlanding or lifestyle vehicles, right? right. It's, not, it's not the truck that the plumber's going to buy. Where did this term lifestyle come from? I wonder this a lot. Like, what is, I mean, which kind of lifestyle? Well, not the plumbing lifestyle. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it seems like lifestyle is synonymous with, like, climbing and Patagonia. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's perfect. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. People like to go camping. They... But why, so why don't we call it the, the, the Patagonia lifestyle? Sure, you can you call know? it that. 
That's yes. I'm gonna to- I'm gonna coin that right now. All right. Because lifestyles too, like it could be the Kardashian well, well, lifestyle. I mean, that's why Patagonia is a company and North Face is a company. It represents these. You know, North Face represents a climbing lifestyle. Patagonia represents a camping lifestyle. Right. That's yes. So, so you're you're coining a word that somebody's already coined. Well, yeah, double coined. <laughs> okay. Exactly. They should come out with the Patagonia or the North Face trim. Special. All right. All right. So, so so the Rivian is by far the most lifestyle. Like I say, it's the rancher is probably not going to be you know in Texas. I'm going to be driving his, uh, you know, King Ranch uh, edition of the Rivian, right? That's not, that's, that's, no, that's not happening. Not happening. And, and it probably isn't going to be the truck that you're going to be, like, towing hay with, right? Or towing heavy equipment with. You may be towing a side-by-side with it, but that's about as far as you're going to go. Well, not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. <laughs> did, right. you, did you know this is actually very on topic? Right. Did you know they made a, a Chevrolet Avalanche yes. North Face edition? No. And the really? North Face, yes, it had green seats with these uh, horrible patterns in them. And it was a North Face edition. Chevrolet was at the lifestyle 20 years ago. Actually, I knew that. I almost bought one. We were looking for an, <laughs> Did was, you? Yeah, we were looking for an avalanche. And I found the North Face edition. It was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty badass. Look at these seats. For, for those of you listening, I apologize. Yeah, but green. it looks like oh a 90s gosh. interpretation yeah. of like a surfer dude's outfit. Yeah. It is truly incredible. Anyway, so... So that's my take on the Rivian. Now, um, the Hummer EV is a whole different ball of wax. So if you talk to, if you're being kind, gentlemen, if you're mm-hmm. being kind, right, the Hummer EV, according to GM, is the most off-road capable, not truck, not car, not electric truck, but vehicle they've ever built. Mm-hmm. So a pure off-roader, right? It's the kind of vehicle that you're going to use to go either rock crawling or desert running. Uh, which means it's not necessarily a truck in the traditional sense either. That's if you're being kind, right? Well, what if, if you're it, not being kind? Then it's a toy for rich people. Oh, oh, that's, that's pretty <laughs> fair. Yeah. So how is that different than a lifestyle truck? Well, a lifestyle truck you actually use for your lifestyle, a toy. What do you mean to use for your lifestyle? <laughs> well, you every actually, truck used for your no, lifestyle? No, no. A toy, if you're not being kind, you'll drive up and down like Rodeo Boulevard to show off that you've got a lot of money. But that's not a toy. That's a status symbol. Yeah. Well, that, that, the the Hummer, it was already a status symbol when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was driving them for 20, I mean, 30 I years ago. I would argue ago. a Rivian's a status symbol, too. Because now you have high status if you embrace the Patagonia lifestyle. Well, it's Rivian, you're wearing your greenness on your sleeve. Right? I know several folks that embrace this lifestyle, by the way, that actually live it. Yeah. And it's not that glamorous. You know, folks with, with dirty Subarus that are wearing old fleeces. Yeah, That's it, the lifestyle they're trying like, to like, embrace. Like, like hashtag man life seems really sexy. Like, hey, I'm going to like drop out of society, quit my job. Oh, no. That's just another word for pooping in a bucket. Yeah, That's pretty what, much. Yeah, you, hashtag yeah, right? man life. Basically, you're, you're living in – and sorry for all you Overlander and influencers – but let's face it, a lot of it is living in like Walmart parking no, lots, I would, not showering, right? <laughs> and eating eating a lot of PB and J's. Yeah, been pooping. If in you're lucky, I was thinking cans of beans. I mean, if you're an influencer, right? The you know, I'm doing the hashtag with the camera facing me, right? You're at the beautiful waterfall, wearing an incredibly low cut bikini, and talking about how wonderful life is out here in the wilderness. But let's face it, a lot of the time, you're you know you're at the Walmart. <laughs> Well, sure. Yes, <laughs> all in the all in the pursuit of the perfect Instagram. All right, pick. So, so that's that's where those two. Now, the third truck in the list, the Cybertruck. I've actually actually I kind of feel lucky because I've actually I think I'm one of the few people around right now that has actually driven uh, the Hummer EV, the Rivian, the um, 
Lightning and actually been driven in the Cybertruck. And you never let us forget it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you pretend like you never bring it up, but you bring it up like every 10 minutes. I don't bring it. No, I just, just All it, the it, time. Yeah. It occurred to me on this program. We were program. in line at, at, the, uh, at the, the, the Qdoba the other day, and you practically said to the guy, ooh, read about the time I went into the Cybertruck. I don't remember the last time I was in line at the Qdoba. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, but that's a whole different story. I always feel like that's kind of uh, like, sorry for all you Qdoba lovers, but I, I kind of feel like you're you're like, moo, moo, just slop some more stuff on the burrito, right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's a lot of actual cooking that's going. Well, the cooking happens behind the counter. It seems a lot of like, it seems like like one of those very communist, like, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. They just Assembly kind of, line yeah, burrito yeah. style Yeah, you, you, want, you want the black beans or the brown beans, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's or your the choice. White rice, brown rice, or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, anyway, I don't mean to diss Qdoba. It's fine. Um, but uh, the Cybertruck, uh, I think, uh, is an interesting beast in itself because when it first came out, you know what I think it was? It was this like idea of this dystopian future, right? Where basically uh, you have a bulletproof truck where if you're in a Mad Max world and you're playing like, you know, the guitar at the front end of a truck with flames shooting out next to you, right? <laughs> Flying down the desert. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Except then, like I said before, in the previous podcast, Ukraine happened, and all of a sudden, that future doesn't look as cool. It looks pretty sad, and you know what I mean? And uh, pretty um, unfortunate. So I, I think if they had built it when they built it, they would have done better, but they didn't. Instead, they kept putting it off, putting it off. So by the time he comes around, I think... Uh, there's going to be a lot of choice, and, and my choice uh, is going to depend on how it ends up eventually looking. And, and you know, the, the other thing about trucks is they're like the biggest tool in your toolbox, and a truck should be the ultimate box, right, to carrying stuff. A wedge is not a great shape for carrying stuff. Have you ever met somebody who owns a Tesla? Yes. None of the arguments we'll make you it. said will matter at all. Yeah. Literally not at all, because Tesla folks are going to buy Teslas, and it could be a steaming pile of poo. And it might not be. It might be terrific. It, it might, could be, and it, it might could be. be the, look, the Cybertruck could could wipe the floor with the lightnings. But but the thing about the lightning, right? Even if you look at it in in the pictures here. So maybe we'll go through some of the pictures, Jay. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it from silhouette. Oh, hang on. If if you look at it from the side, right? Look at that picture. If you don't know the lighting pattern, you would just assume that that was uh, a regular. F-150. So basically what they did was they built an electric F-150. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced they're going to convince anybody. You think that all those 200,000? No, I think it's very impressive. Um, But I wonder how many of those are folks coming out of gasoline pickups. And I'm sure they have the data on it. And I'm sure, I mean, it could be totally wrong. But it seems like from folks I talk to in the truck world, it's different in the car world. But specifically in the truck world, it's such a polarizing topic. And there are so many folks that are insistent that they will never own a truck powered that, by electricity. That's why I think it was like smart for Ford to build. But I don't think it really matters because it's powered by electrons and not by by uh, by dinosaurs. But that's I think that was their whole point. They wanted to make it easy and comfortable for oh, somebody. I'm, I hope who, I'm wrong, but I just think it's. I mean, like everything in this world nowadays, it seems like electrification has been politicized to a large, you know, and there's camps. 
right? And people are tribal. They're in one camp or in the other camp. And even if it is a great technology, which it is, even if it makes a lot of sense in a pickup truck, which in a lot of cases it does, I just don't think that people are going to go in with that open of a mind. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope those 200,000 people are folks that are currently okay, okay. in... Okay, well, let me ask this question for you guys. All right, and I'm going to give you some stats here, okay? So the F-150 Lightning has 550-plus horsepower. All of them do. The $39,000 one... Right. All the way up to the $93,000 one. Mm -hmm. They all come in as a crew cap. Right. They all come in all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. uh, they have 750 pound-foot of torque. According to Ford, wow. 0 to 60 happens in around 4 seconds. Are these numbers, and if you get the extended range, you get 320 miles of range, about 130 kilowatt-hour battery, which is, you know, what normal trucks drive anyway. So will those numbers convince people when gas is at 4 or $5 a gallon that maybe this is a vehicle they can live with? Well, I think it depends. I think that that, that qualification you made at the end of it is the key. If gas does get expensive, then I think it does convince folks. But if gas is affordable at the time when they're trying to sell these to the vast majority of folks, I just don't think stats matter. Because if you are in the ice camp, you're not going to be swayed by stats. So I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about, okay? okay. So, so you know David who's working on Tumbleweed, right? He's a big truck dude. He's a crazy GM truck guy, and he loves his diesels, and he loves road tripping. So he loves trucks, he loves diesels, he loves road tripping, and his son lives in Maine. So he was going to road trip to Maine uh, to visit his son, but then he looked at airfares, right? And it was much cheaper simply to fly to Maine because of the cost of diesel. I mean, in some places, diesel can be as much as 5 $6 a gallon right now, which is a lot, right? Uh-huh. So, so that's a truck guy who's like died in the wood, will you know, internal combustion, diesel guy. And yet, you know, he's looking at the cost of diesel and thinking it's cheaper to fly. So when he, when he sees that comparison to the Lightning, right, and gets behind the wheel and sees that it's basically just another truck and it just happens to have a plug instead of a hole for gas, you think he'll be convinced that this is something that he might be interested in? I know. I just talked to him about the Lightning actually today when I was at the ranch. Okay. And you didn't know that when you asked him, Roman, yeah. did you? you? You got stuck in that hole. Yep. Uh, David is old school truck guy. Yeah. All he buys is early 90s right. GMC um, 7.4 liter GMT 400s. Um, and we were talking about electricity, and he loves electricity. He thinks it's such a great way to power a vehicle. He's, he thinks it's just a phenomenal idea. He's all about the cost savings, all about the reliability, but he does not want all the sensors and all the computers and all the screens associated with modern day trucks. So he wants the electric technology, but he wants it in a basic old school, old fashioned. So are you saying he's like going to take an old, like what we're doing with our truck, where we're taking the F one hundred? But it's too expensive. Would, would he want that? No, because electrified F one hundred. Seventy thousand dollar process. That, that's got like three levers, right? He wants, and I agree with him. He wants a simple, basic truck without all the fancy screens and all the fancy um, sensors and the over the year updates. He wants. A, a simple truck. Right, but just, you, can, you can't do that. Because, well, I know. Because there are safety standards, right? There's a lot of standards that the manufacturers have to abide by. And an old F100, which is what, or let's say an old square body, yeah, which is what he wants, the, the, those no longer. I agree. The, the, the government. But it doesn't whether matter. Whether you believe in the government or not, the government will not allow that, you to sell that's, but, that's, but, the, that's, the, that's the wave you're fighting against. You know, so. you know here's something interesting, Jay and okay. Tommy. I was listening to another podcast today, and they made an, actually, an interesting point. People like hate, people really hate, this is actually Tim's podcast, so Phil made this, so good point, Phil. People hate modern technology, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I dare you in a snowstorm or in a brainstorm, go out there 
and turn off all the nannies if you can on your vehicle. Turn off stability control and see just how much fun it is to drive your car or your truck, you know, in adverse conditions without any of the modern technology. Yeah, it makes you a better driver. No. I no. really do. My first car, and I strongly believe this, my first no. car had none of it. No, it makes you a better driver until you crash. Yeah, but it teaches you not to crash. No, no because you no, drive the way, slower. The way you learn to crash, but you not to crash, is by crashing. You rely on it, and Tell that's. Me, let me ask you this: Exactly what happened when you took your mini GP and you turned off all the traction control last weekend? Well, yeah, because it's being stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? Tell them. Yeah, I spun out and hit a bunch of cones on my autocross. But oh, that's because I was. Tell me that. I earlier. was really pushing it, but I think I'm a better driver in the winter months. Because my first car had no ABS or traction you control. You just made your, my, my point, though. But hold on. Because I find when I drive newer cars, I know that I when I come to a stop, a lot of the times, and I see this all the time, folks will just slam yeah. on the brakes and ride that ABS to a stop. Yeah, he's just he's just a contrarian. Can I, no, can I just hear me out, though? I really strongly believe this. I believe that if you grow up in a vehicle that's either a rear-wheel drive or a vehicle without ABS traction control, right, you learn to respect the vehicle and the conditions, no, the, and the, you the, don't rely no, on the them. The problem is the first time you spin, which you will spin, yeah. you're not on an autocross course, and you won't take out cones because I went through this, right? Well, I, Tommy, I went through this, this exact thing you're talking about. I lived. I yeah. lived this, right? Your grandma's old Grand Prix, right? Mm -hmm. I spun it into an unbuilt house foundation. Sure. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> and I bet... Oh, and I, I got to hear this one day. I bet after you did that, you were more careful driving it. No, no. Because I, 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 I had I, was, a, I wasn't more careful driving it. I, I, like, I like peed my pants. My Wrangler, <laughs> if you recall, my Wrangler, my first Wrangler, had none of it. It had no ABS, no traction control, none of it. And I remember I had a similar situation as leaving the neighborhood, and I spent full 60. And from that moment on, I learned to respect the throttle oh, so you think, you and think the steering inputs. So you think your grandma learns to respect, that's the way she should learn to drive, because not everybody is you, Tommy. No, I do. I think that people do learn you, from you it. You think gra your grandma would actually, she had, get this, so mm. uh, um, your grandma had a Mercedes SL. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and she drives. Nice. She drives, and she has learned this from her, from from the nannies. She drives as if the accelerator were an on and off switch. So she's either on and off. And when she when she went to buy this SL, which was like an '80s model, it had you know way too much power for her. Uh, and I was like, this is a bad idea. But my dad, your grandfather, had just passed away, and I felt bad for her, and she, you know, wanted to cheer herself up. So I'm like, go ahead, buy the Mercedes. Mm -hmm. And the first time it rained, she floored it, and she did two 360s. And luckily, she didn't kill herself or kill anybody else. And you know what happened after that? What? We sold it and bought a Subaru. There are Not, certain there people... Is. Yeah, also, by the way, without traction control or stability control. That was that had none of it. The SVX? No, it didn't have traction control well, that's or stability what, control. But it had all-wheel drive. Um, but I think that there's some people I think, that... I think it had traction control. Mm, Jay, 90, you want to Google 91? That? A Subaru SVX. I think it had traction control. Uh, I think there Let are some check. people that are just unteachable. And I think that that is one of those cases. And I'd also like to point out, you feel a little smug over there. With I my don't whole, feel smug. Yeah, with my whole spin out the mini thing. I actually talked to a driving instructor about it. Because I'm like, hey, I spun out... And, Look, he said, not, not, and he said something very interesting. He said, if you are relying on the traction aids to be fast, you are doing it wrong. And that's what I've been doing. So I need to turn everything off and learn to be a better driver based on the fact that I'm, I'm a good I'm driver. Not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to be smug. All I'm saying is if you had been on the road in ice or in rain mm -hmm. and that would have happened, chances are you wouldn't have hit cones, but you would have hit either somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it's true. And, and so... I think, you know, people don't like all the nannies, but if you turn them off and if you get rid of them, there will be carnage on America's roads. And, 
yes, people will learn. And that's what had to happen in the 70s because we didn't have any of that. I was going to say, you survived the 70s. People will, but, but also looked at the deaths on U.S. Yeah, highways. Yeah, it's true. I, I agree. Right? And so, I think so, so this stuff keeps us alive and keeps the people you love alive. I'm a big supporter of safety tech. I think that having um, knee airbags has been a huge um, uh, way to, to help save injuries. I think the, uh, you know, the airbag technology, structured technology, has progressed enormously throughout the decades, and that's a huge improvement. But it's a slippery slope because the more and the more and the more you push safety aids, nanny aids, safety aids, we're just going to end up in a world where there's going to be no steering wheel in a car at all. Yeah, well, that's definitely that's where we're definitely going. I and agree. That's kind of the road that we're. It yeah. sounds like you're promoting. I'm you not, know, I, don't, I disagree. I, I hate that. I'm, no, I disagree that I'm promoting it. I'm just saying that's a fact. I mean, we'll end up in a world with no steering wheel. Audi has was it Audi in Munich showed a car. Yeah, it was Audi in their Vision Future, whatever it was. Where the dis, where the steering wheel basically disappears, right? So you can already see where it's going. In the most, you know, modern cars right now, the steering wheel is only there when you want to drive, and then it goes away when it goes fully autonomous. That that's what the manufacturers are thinking. And the other thing, which I do really respect David about, um, and keep in mind that this is going the wrong way, and it's it's happened in um, the world of farming. It's happening throughout many, many industries. But the more sensors, the more computers you add to these vehicles, the more you have to start that conversation about right to repair. Yeah, I agree. Right, I'm you not, know, if, if this F-150 Lightning, if a sensor fails and all of a sudden you're in lip mode or, or a computer's not talking to another computer, there's no way you can go fix so, that. So here's an analogy I'll give you. Like when I was uh, your age, you know, I used to do a lot of skiing. I used to race, right? And mm -hmm. this was before shape skis. And so we had straight skis, and making a turn carving was much harder. Yeah. Uh, and so it took more skill, and it probably made you a better skier, using your argument. Mm -hmm. And then when shape skis came along, it made turning a lot easier. And to me, that's like traction control, ABS, stability control. It makes me a better driver. But there's a difference between that, I think, and then like full-on autonomy where I can't drive. So I like the aids that keep me on the road and make me faster and make me a better driver, just, like, just as I like shape skis. I would never advocate for going, you should try them. Go back to like some of the straight, straight skis and see what it was like. I don't think it makes you a better driver, though. It makes you... It does. It makes you safer. It makes it yeah, easier it for you to be... Uh, yeah, but uh, it's... Safer is better. That That is, for me, the ultimate... Because at, at some point, I'm not racing out there. Right. I'm, it's not about car control. It's about not hurting anybody. It's an interesting, it's an interesting discussion. Um, because I think the more you, you add, the more you rely on it. And then if you already look at like the ultimate culmination of driver aids, which is lane-centering adaptive cruise control, then you start reading the stories about folks that just trust it with their life, and they're going down the roads and Teslas with a orange tape to the steering wheel falling asleep. Right? And I then the question a, is... a water bottle. Or a water bottle or a melon. Mm -hmm. But the question is, does that, has that made you actually safer? And the answer to that is probably no. Now you're less safe. You're relying on them so much to the point where you're not operating the automobile. So it's a very fun conversation that we're having. I think I, I do appreciate your input on that. And I do appreciate, you know, the advancements in, in safety that, that so, has come. So, so the uh, Lightning, speaking of autonomy, does have Blue Cruise. Right, I don't which, want that. Which is Ford's, you know, uh, geofenced. It depends on what highway you're at ability to drive with your hands off the wheel where the truck drives for you without uh, input as long as you're paying attention. And, and my, that, this is another thing I've come to realize, right? I hate, and what do you think about this, Jay? Mm. Did, did you figure out the SVX of it? It looks like it does offer. I bet you Sorry. did, yeah. It did. I, I it was Tommy, kind think, of a big deal at the time. I think Tommy thinks that anything before he was born was <laughs> like the Model T. No, no, I, I know it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have a crank on it. I, I mean, ABS came around like in the 60s, I think. Something like that, or but it didn't really become mainstream. The seatbelt, uh, that came around pretty early. ABS maybe. was not around in the maybe 60s. Maybe 70s. 
yeah. airbags came around in the seventies. I think Mercedes. Volvo what had the first seatbelt. What was the first, first ever car with an airbag? Did you know? I think it was a Mercedes. It was not a Mercedes. What was it? It was an Oldsmobile Tornado. Oh, cool. did you know that? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyways, can I bring up another point about well, the lightning? No, let me finish about <laughs> autonomy, and then we'll talk about the lightning. Okay. So what I hate, right? I, and this is right now how the systems are. I hate when it's. I'm going to call it the nanny state, right? When it's autonomous, but it yells at you when you're like not paying attention, or it beeps at yes, you. Yes. Right. I hate like that. You, yeah, I hate that. Like when when Me the too, thing yeah. somehow says bad driver, bad driver, right? Then it just makes it no fun. I don't want to be treated like a kindergartner by my car, or yeah. truck. Right? Is that fair? Would you guys say that's fair? Or it's a, it's, yeah. it's just anything that's like naggy. Or what's even can be really naggy is like all these beeps going off when you're going in reverse. Yeah. Anytime and you not like, only like. Do, do we know how to use our mirrors? Uh, there's also a camera right there. You can, I can clearly see how close I am to the object. I don't need all these sensors going off and my seat vibrating at the same time to tell me that too. Yeah. It's any, a distraction. Any, you know, it's characteristic. Anytime the autonomy turns into the stick or naggy, I just, I just hate it. Hate it. Okay, so can we keep going about lightning? Yeah, sure. Because this is another thing I wanted to talk about with David, right? Yeah. When you're talking about drawing the typical truck consumer, and especially when you're looking at fleets, there's a lot that the Ford offers which is very attractive to fleets. You've got um, very little cost to operate. You've got the potential to run your business off of the battery, right? The pro power. Yeah, through mm-hmm. vehicle-to-grid capability. Uh-huh. Um, you, you can get it with vinyl seats, which is great, smaller screens, which is good. But what is the one thing which is missing, which is crucial to fleet buyers and a lot of truck buyers? That's missing on the pro version, the, the $39,000 one? every single Lightning. That's a, that's, Blatant a, omission. that's a good question. What is the most... Give me, a, give me a hint. What is... All of David's trucks are like this, every single one. He only buys trucks like this. A manual? No. <laughs> no, because let's think, let's think about this, right? A so, low range? No. Say you are a contractor. Yeah. Okay. Right? right? What do you need? What's your most important over anything? What's the biggest thing you need? That's a big hint. What's the biggest thing you payload? need? Payload? What's the <laughs> biggest thing you need? What's the longest uh, payload. thing you need? No. Oh, you, you're saying the bed's too short. You need a long bed and a oh. shorter cab. Oh. And that's an enormous deal, especially for folks. You, you, you look around at these businesses mm-hmm. around here, they're all in single cabs or they're all in access cabs because they want the longest bed for the lowest cost with the most usability. And I just don't, I mean, the, the four-door, five-and-a-half of beds is going to work for a lot of folks. You, you know what Ford would say? What? Buy the new uh, e-transit. Yeah, that goes yeah. 100, yeah. Right. You know why I think it's the quad cab? Because they needed the four space for the battery. Um, I don't I don't know what the rationale there is for why it's only I'm, I'm just saying, cab. if I were Ford, I'd be like, if you really need that much space, buy the e-transit. I mean, it doesn't have the capability. It's only rear-wheel drive. For Like in Colorado, it's only rear-wheel drive. But it's, this, got, it won't it, go it's, to the it's same, a giant box, basically. It won't go to the same places that this will go. Um, it's got much less range. We're it's, looking got a, at, it's got 100 miles of range. But if you're, if once again, they would say the average, like, plumber or contractor probably doesn't drive more than 100 miles. Sure, I get, and I get that. Yeah, I, I understand if that. If it's a fleet buyer, right? But um, I just I think that if, if they really want to tackle that, that fleet consumer... And, and, and how do we know it's not coming? Mm, I could be. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't. Look, look, look. The reason um, that a lot of the truck is the way it is is because it's the first one... So they're, you know, maybe uh, their consumer side sells a lot more trucks than their fleet side, and so maybe they aimed it more at the consumer, right? And they have a pro or a, 
commercial user and maybe there is a shorter cab, I can see, you know, it wouldn't be hard for Ford to build a long cab. I mean, a short cab, single cab, well, long bed. To Jay's another. point, it could be packaging. It you know? could be. Very it well could be that, be, that yeah. that's the only configuration that will and work it's probably, with the battery. It's, and it's also, look, it's also probably a lot cheaper to build one configuration. Oh, 100%. But you also have to remember 100%. another thing about this first-generation lighting. It's still the same. It's derived from the same platform as the ICE or the ICE yep. uh, F-150s. And now the second-generation lighting, I think it's coming in like 25 or 26. So, so the other thing, and that will change things. And this is only... A guess, but it, it might be an intelligent guess, right? The other thing that Ford could do is they've got, if you discount like the first generation of Focus that was electric, really they're saying this is their third electric vehicle, right? So the first mm -hmm. one was the Mach-E, the second one was the Transit, and the third one is the F-150 Lightning. But now think about this, Tommy. What if they decide that the F-150 Lightning is more Lightning than F-150? And what I mean by that is it's its own truck why don't they potentially electrify the F-150? Then all of a sudden you well, could... It is electrified. That's what the Lightning no, is. No, no, no. The Lightning is its own model. Uh-huh. But why don't they bring the electric technology to the traditional F-150 with all of its different variations? Like a plug-in hybrid? No, like an electric F-150. <laughs> that's, that's what the Lightning no. is. It's an electric no, F-150. No, 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 no. No, it's like the Mach-E is not a Mustang. And so at some point, you know what they're going to do is they're going to bring the powertrain from the Mach-E. And they look different, so it's, it's a little confusing. But if you stay with me, think about it. Oh, Mach-E is a Mustang, so at some point they can take the electric drivetrain out of the Mach-E and put it in the Mustang. Why can't they take the electric drivetrain out of the Lightning and put it in the F-150? So now what I'm saying is, <laughs> now what I'm saying is, if you look at the current F-150, then you've got the... Um, 2.7, the 3.5, right, the Coyote, right. and then there's an electric version of it as well. And if they do that, then you've got all this opportunity for different bed sizes, different types of cabs. Do you see, you see what I'm saying? You? They're, they're, take, they're taking, this <laughs> well, is its own standalone model. It's it, its own thing. But that's what the marketing's trying to tell you. If you dive beneath the marketing, as Jay was talking about earlier, this is an F-150 that's But you're going to also create internal competition yeah, that way. Yeah, not making a lot of sense I think you're going to confuse buyers they could be like what's so, the so, difference so, so is the mocking not also confusing no it's, it's a not. mustang no not at all no not because that's it's, obviously it, 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 it's an electric all right, guys, crossover make, make fun of me but I'm, I'm telling you question uh, i think i think you're you should seriously think about this because if i were sitting in ford's shoes i might seriously be thinking that so lightning like the maki is its own model get rid of the <laughs> f-150 eventually get drop the f-150 just call it the lightning Right, get that out of your head. It's its own model, and at some point, you could take the drivetrain and stick the electric drivetrain you know, into if, an F one. If anything, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they're going yeah. to drop the Lightning name eventually and just call it the, and, and just call the F one fifty. Yeah, it's here just is the issue. Here is the issue, and and this is where it's totally different. The Mustang is a two door coupe with the long hood, rear wheel drive. It's a sports car. The Mustang Machi, obviously, it's four doors. Obviously, it's taller. It doesn't share anything. Anything with the gas Mustang. The Mach-E is an electric crossover with Mustang style. Now this, cab, F-150, right? Basic frame, F-150. Basic bed, F-150. Headlight design, F-150. Taillight design, F-150. Interior, F-150. I'm not saying it's exactly the same. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of differences between the two, but the architecture is fundamentally the same, isn't it? It's the same be basic F-150. Before you guys convince yourself that I'm wrong, 
right, well, there's, there's nothing to convince. We know you're wrong. Before you convince yourself that I'm wrong, <laughs> you might want to give some thought why I brought that up. Because maybe I'm not just pulling that out of my, you know what. Maybe, maybe there's a reason I brought that up. But I'm just going to leave it at that. But it's confusing, just, though. For all of you people out there, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, if you want these guys to convince you that I'm wrong, I'm just saying I brought it up for a reason more than just because I'm 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 kind of speculating. So can you clarify? Is this a whole different platform than the standard F one fifty? Everything's different? Yes. The cab's different. Yes, it's built in its own separate factory. Are you sure yes. the cab is yes, different? Yes, they built a separate factory to right. build this. I it's, get the factory's different, but is everything different? It's built in its own separate factory. It's you not, said that three I, but times. But you understand, if it was the same, they would build it in the F-150 factory. This has its own factory. It goes down its own separate assembly line. They built an entire factory just to crank out lightnings. So yes, it, yes. Can you it, stop being so cryptic and tell us what they told you? No, I'm not. I'm not. No one told me anything. That's why I'm being cryptic. If somebody told me something, I wouldn't be cryptic. Well, but 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 again, this, the lightning is still derived from the current. The I name think it's is 14th. derived. The name is derived, but the the actual truck is. There's nothing that's the same. You're telling me I couldn't take a door from an F-150 and put it on this. I'm telling you that uh, when I was talking, I can tell you this. I'm telling I'm telling you this, okay? Okay. I was talking to the chief engineer of the lightning, and he said he said people assume that all we did was remove the engine and added a battery. Okay. He said you okay. Will, you, That's you, a fair he, he thing said, to say. He yeah. said you do not under people don't understand or don't appreciate how difficult it was. Oh, I no doubt to actually build the lightning. In other words, he was saying like if you want a master brake cylinder. You, you know, you, you can't have it in the front because the light, here's the, here's the biggest difference, okay? The lightning has a frunk. Sure. Right. And, and all that stuff, which is a lot of stuff that lives under the hood of the regular ICE F-115. You know, I'm talking things like, mm -hmm. like everything from the HVAC, right? Yep. Which this doesn't, by the way, uh, have a, a heat pump. They're, they're, I asked about that too, and they, they said because the heat pump has become kind of the badge of honor now for electric trucks. Actually, uh, last week GM also announced that the new electric Corvette is going to have a heat pump. Heat pumps have become like the, like I said, the badge of honor for electric vehicles. This does not. This has a traditional HVAC system. Uh, they said that they're going to wait and skip a generation of heat pumps to go to the next generation. That's poor talking, not me. Okay. But anyway, the traditional HVAC. Master brake cylinder, I don't know, squirty fluid pumps, all that stuff normally lives sure. under the hood. No, and, so, and, so, and so to so to give it a frunk, they had to completely re-engineer the platform. I don't want to discount that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I just I I don't want to go out and say that it's entirely new, you know, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and there's like one. I'm not saying the bed's different. I'm not saying the cab's different. Right. But but everything else is different. What, so what you're looking at. Is, is an F-150, but everything under the skin is different. Everything. Sure. Everything. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it is a, but would, the, would, would they say, like, the architecture is the same, you think? You know, the basic philosophy and how they incorporate the frame in, onto the cab? Don't know. Don't know. Because, I mean, I don't want to... You're right. I don't want to discount and say that it's just an electric F-150, because there's a huge amount of work that the team put into this, obviously. Um, but... I also don't think it's similar to compare the Mustang Mach-E to a standard Mustang. I'm just, but but you, you, know. see, you see what Ford is doing there. I just use that as an example of what Ford is doing. I mean, I think, I think mm -hmm. Jay's right. I think at some point that all F-150s are going to be Lightnings. I could see them just dropping the Lightning name altogether and this just being the future it's a transition of, yeah, of the F-Series trucks. Yeah, I think they wanted so to... So here's the question you may be asking yourself, okay? Is the Lightning going to become the F-150? 
Uh-huh. Or is the F-150 going to become the Lightning? And that, that's a, there's a big difference between those two models. I think the F-150 will eventually become the Lightning. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, all going to be electrified. The, what, the, what, the 14th, 15th generation of the, and that's the all F-150? I'm all I'm saying is the well, fourth. Why did it take you 19 minutes to get to that point? No, I'm saying the fourth car, <laughs> that the fourth vehicle that Ford might build is a, an electric F-150, if you look at this as its own model. But if they drop the Lightning name, it's an electric F-150. And that, answer, that answers your question as to why there isn't a short cab long bed. Because if, if, if you take the powertrain out of this and put in a traditional F-150, then you're going to end up with so you're all saying, those variations. You're saying don't give it a frunk. Don't do all the changes that they did in the Lightning. Just take the powertrain and stick it, it in It could possibly happen, yeah. Well, like, say it like that. Look, That's what way, I think, what I think how Ford sense. is going to be doing this for the next few years, they are going to try to clump it. I don't know if any of that's together. I'm just saying that is that is certainly a possibility that, that you might. Well, well think about it. Look what Ford's done. They have the, you know, the e-transit, they have the Mach-E, and now they have the F-150 Lightning, right? Right. I think they're going to try to clump these three EVs together and appeal to the EV crowd for a while, right? Yeah, I think that's the thing. And then they're going to kind of like say, okay, the, you, the people, I could easily see some, so, like so, somebody, so, could, they can't decide so between an e-transit or a Lightning. And then the salespeople are going to help them decide which one is the better one. They yeah. know they're coming in. They want an, an electric, all-electric Ford. So let's transition to this to cars, right? So oh right now we've gotten a lot of spy shots. They're actually up here testing. They're testing the next-generation Mustang. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question is, will that be electric? It will be electrified. Yeah, I agree. But not fully electric. Jay, I don't think they're going to go fully electric. I think it's going to be electrified. Um, I mean, the one thing I will say about the Lightning, which is just incredible, and this is where I think the whole electrified F-150 argument kind of falls apart, is if this was only available in seventy, eighty, $90,000 configurations, then I could see down the road them coming out with a stripped-down model that's just an, an F-150 that's been electrified. But the fact that you can get this basic truck for $40,000... I mean, that's just incredible, right? That tells me that this is, uh, this is just something that, that they're looking to expand across every market segment. And I don't know mm-hmm. how they're making money at that point, right? You're talking about like almost 100 kilowatt hours for $40,000? Well, actually, Ford addressed that. They said, cause, you know, so the base one cost $39,000. I did a comparison recently to the Lariat, to the Pro, uh, but the Lariat mm-hmm. starts at 63, I think. I'm, I can get that wrong, but it's around there. Uh, but the one that we were testing, I think, was eighty thousand, and the uh, Pro, which starts at thirty-nine, was fifty-three or fifty-four thousand, right? So, so the basic Pro only comes with a smaller battery pack, sure. right? So that's only two hundred and thirty miles of range, right? But uh, it's still th- th- doesn't have onboard power. It's still a big battery. Yeah, for it's forty grand, two hundred and thirty miles of range for but, forty thousand dollars. You get two motors, so you get all-wheel drive, right? You, but you don't have onboard power, sure, which, that's is, fine. which is expensive. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, I just think that initially Ford uh, said that they're committed to making an electric vehicle that is affordable for all of their customers. Right. We shall see. You know, I assume that the ones that they're going to be building uh, in the next few weeks are going to be probably more of the expense. If I were Ford, yeah. You know, I make a lot more money on a Platinum or a Lariat than I do on a Pro or XLT. But so you know, you, you're going to build them, right? So how many? What percentage of them? And I've in one of the comments, somebody said that Ford is going to build only three percent pros. I don't know if that's true, so I don't want to like you know state that as a fact. But somebody they said the com- what? Can you say that again? Uh, the pros are only account for three percent of the initial. Right, but that was just a commenter. That was that a commenter. Yeah. yeah. No, that I mean, that's Ford is building them to order here, so it's like, what do you want? We'll build it. No, no, I think what Ford can. So Ford has two hundred thousand orders, and there's a spectrum of different. 
configurations, right? So some mm -hmm. people have ordered the Pro, some people have ordered the XLT, some have ordered the Platinum. And the question is, what will Ford build first? And I'm guessing they're probably going to build the Lariats uh, and the Platinums first because they make more money on those. Oh. That, that would be my guess. But that's the basic yeah. formula for any automaker these days with pickup trucks. I mean, my concern is that they're... My concern is that that commenter could be correct. That and only three percent are going to be right because I just I don't understand how they can sell you so much truck with dual motors and such a big battery. Granted, not the hugest battery, but still a very big battery to propel that truck over two hundred miles and to do it for forty thousand dollars. It just the math really seems funky. All right, let, let me ask you another question now. We're, we're kind of making this all about the Lightning, but I think it's worth it. You know, we talked about other vehicles. We'll get to that next time. I don't want to promise something I do it but let me ask you this question hmm. uh, because this is a lively conversation so I'm really interested in this what do you think will happen to Rivian to Hummer EV and to Cybertruck because Ford I think has the capability and the factory and the dealer network to start cranking these out like candy you know what I mean uh, Rivian uh, last time we you know we, we checked in the last quarter GM had only built 99 and sold 99 Hummer EVs. There's something going on there, right? Because when I was driving it at the factory, this was back in November, yeah. they said they were going into production. And since that time, at least in the first quarter, they went, that's, you know, Nothing. they should be building 99 a day. Right, 99 an hour. 99. Yeah, <laughs> not 99 a quarter. There's something going on there. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there, but there's a story there that we need to look into. Well, Roman, I think partially to like answer that question, it's going to really, it's not as much going to depend on what Ford can do. It's going to depend on what these smaller guys like Rivian can do. Can they get their production numbers up? They can. It's already, right. And they're, they can. Going to, and they're going to suffer for that. I feel like, honestly, I think that Rivian has such a dedicated, I mean, it's borderline Tesla at this point with their, their fan base. And I, as much as I was making fun of you earlier about the lifestyle thing, you are right. I think it's a very different crowd for the Rivian. Um, uh, I think it's it's someone who's maybe not a typical truck consumer, someone who's coming out of a perhaps a, a previous EV. I think it's a very different person than the person looking at the F one fifty. Let me ask you guys this. All right, so you've got a twenty five hundred dollar uh, reservation on a Rivian. Uh huh. You've got a hundred dollar reservation on a Cybertruck. Uh huh. Uh, and uh, you like the Hummer EV, but you don't have a reservation on it. Right. And, and you presented the opportunity to buy Lightning. Are you going to hold off and wait for those trucks, or are you going to jump and buy a Lightning? I'm going to buy the Lightning. Very I, Why? Because I can depend on Ford. They have a dealership network in place ready to go for me. That's a good point, Jay. Really, really good point. I think if I was a Rivian reservation holder, yeah. um, I, I mean, I've, I've been following a little bit online, and people that want a Rivian, they want a Rivian. They want the gear tunnel. They want the, uh, the, the, the crazy looks and the, the funky key. Um, and a lot of these folks have been waiting for years for the Rivians. And they're going to keep waiting. And they're going to, yeah, they're going to keep waiting. But, but I'm don't not you, sure. don't you think if you've been waiting for three years for an electric truck and you get the opportunity to buy a Lightning, you might just jump on it? I, mean, I look, think some would, yes. Look, our neighbor has a reservation for a Rivian. But most reservation holders I know at Rivian are looking at, if they're lucky, 2023. 2023. And by yep. that by that point, the Ford, novelty is going to wear off. Yeah, it by, could. It could. But by that point, Ford's going to crank out 50k. But to what Jay was saying earlier, the Rivian is a status symbol. Exactly. It is something that folks in affluent areas want to be seen in driving through their downtowns. Tesla. It makes <clears> a state. Yeah, it makes a statement about themselves. The Ford makes a statement too. 
I think it's a slightly different statement. It's a, it's a slightly different crowd who are looking at buying a Ford F-150 Lightning. Even though this vehicle can be had in that 70, 80, $90,000 range, that badge on the front does have uh, different significance than the badge on the front so, of the Rivian. So what makes something a status symbol? I would argue that it's uh, exclusivity, right? Which is mm -hmm. a byproduct of scarcity. Sure, I think yep. that's important. Right, you're the only one who has it on your block. Yeah. So you could be the yeah. only one who has a Lightning, or you could wait while your neighbor gets a Lightning, and then you show up in Rivian a year later. Is it going to be as exclusive and as cool? I think it will be, because I think, like you said, Ford is good at cranking out trucks. If there is one thing Very Ford good. knows how to do, these things are going to be absolutely everywhere in the next few months. And I think that there's a certain exclusivity in owning Rivian. I think Rivian has done a really good job with their marketing in making it seem like it's a fashion, fashionable thing so, to all right, own. All right, here's a question then. All right, what percentage of either Cybertruck or Rivian or what or Hummer EV uh, reservation holders, if given the opportunity, are going to switch to a Lightning? Would you say it's 10%? Would you say it's 100%? Would you say it's 50%? Go ahead, Jay. Where do you think? Not even 10%. So you think not even 10% of people are going to switch? From from Rivian to a Lightning? Yeah. If, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what percent? Yeah. You you're, you, you know, there's 100 uh, re reservation holders on the Rivian, and they're given the opportunity to buy a Lightning. What percentage will jump? Maybe 10%. I think that's a good number. I think it's much higher. I think it's like 50% mm. at least. I don't no, know. No, I just think that they want that exclusivity. I don't know. And, and I think if you went to the other brand, Tesla, it's going to be even smaller than that. And I think it's going to be yeah. less than 5% of Tesla. Because they're dedicated. Yeah, they're dedicated to the brand. And I know that for two reasons, right? Uh, one, they've got 200,000, at least according to Ford, 200,000 reservation holders. And I'm suspecting a large percentage of those 200,000 also have reservations on a Rivian and a Cybertruck. And it could be that, you know, they're going to buy whichever one comes first. But yeah, I think... I think you put your finger on it. If, yeah. I think you just Maybe. said it. I do also think, though... If I was a Rivian reservation holder, um, especially like a launch edition, it's an expensive truck, <laughs> right? It's, a, grand, it's 80, it probably like going to be someone who's a little bit more affluent. I could see that person having a Rivian order and a Lightning order. I could see them getting their Lightning first, driving it for a few months, and then selling it for when the Rivian shows up. I really do see that because I do strongly think that it's a different brand. Now, I don't want to say it's a better brand, right? I don't think that this, um, I don't want to make a judgment call on, you know, what, what it says about you is better than what something else says about you. I just think that what we're comparing here is kind of like um, the G-Wagon crowd to a Silverado okay, crowd. So how much does capability come into? Not not at all. So the Rivian people I think far very little. less so. I think so the, I think the Ford people are Ford, gonna Ford gonna people be, yeah, are really big on capability. So yeah. Let's let's talk about capability, right? Um, Ford says that uh, the truck will charge at 150 kilowatts. Yeah. So mm -hmm. basically from twenty to eighty percent about forty minutes. Yeah. Um, Rivian goes quicker. It's quicker. quicker. Yeah. But uh, depending on how you configure it the Lightning will tow up to 10,000. Yeah, I think wow. what Jay was saying is right. I think someone yeah. buying a, a Lightning is much more focused on capability. And, and it has a payload of up to 2,200 pounds. Once again, that's a big deal for so, the Ford buyer. So the thing about yeah. the Rivian, we don't know any of these numbers on the Cybertruck, and let's face it, we uh, do know the numbers to some extent on the Hummer EV, but I'm not even going to put that in this conversation because that's an off-road truck. It's not going to be used, I don't think, as a as a tow rig or as a, as a, you know what I mean, as a pay, you're not going to haul hay in the thing, right? Right. So, so 2,200 pounds of payload, 10,000 mm -hmm. pounds of towing, uh, built in scales. 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, so so, so the, the Rivian guys has a built-in flashlight and a um, and a boombox, but the Ford has built-in scales. These are fantastic. And what, let me explain yeah. what that is. Well, so what it is in the back of the truck, you can buy currently. It's on F-150s. It's got an ability to tell you how much payload. It's a guess, but how much payload are you actually loading into the bed? And then there's these little lights. See, but that's a light. useful feature. The stuff that Rivian has, that's just and I novelty. And I think someone coming out of a gas truck is going to love that. And Absolutely. they are going, they're going to make a beeline for that Ford. But if you are a Rivian, Rivian reservation holder, let's say you own a Model 3 and a Model S and you know, you've looked at a Neutron, um, I think that you're going to be more attracted to the design and the funny features on the Rivian and I mean, the lifestyle like, brand. If you didn't know what that was, you'd think it's just another F-150. And that is not going to appeal to the Rivian buyer. But I think that's they, gonna, they don't want to be driving an right. F-150. But that is going to appeal to, I think, a greater like the masses yes, of buyers. Absolutely, this is going to this appeal to exactly. truck folks. I think this is a much better proposition for truck so folks. So the other thing that separates it from the Rivian is uh, the Rivian is kind of a weird size, right? There are three traditional truck sizes. There's midsize, which are small trucks like the Tacoma. There's full size mm -hmm. Silverado. F-150, Ram 1500, and then there's heavy duty. The Rivian kind of falls in between midsize and full size. This yeah. is definitely a full size truck, so you're going to get you know significantly amount more room, but it's also going to be much harder to park, right? Because right. it's much bigger. Mm -hmm. So it it's, it's may or may not fit into your garage. It certainly is not going to be great if you live in the city. The Rivian's a little bit smaller. Yeah, I think that this thing is going to sell like absolute hotcakes. Is Ford? I really I really hope it's going to be successful, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope it converts. More traditional truck folks than I'm, I've been saying. And, and then the question, give it time, Tommy. Give it time. That's it right, time. Jay. And then maybe th this is weird. I'm going to say this right because I'm usually not a big fan of dealerships because you know unless you know the right ones, they're problematic with dealer shenanigans. But Rivian does not have an infrastructure in place yet of at least nothing compared to Ford, of like you know if something breaks. Absolutely. Right. What, what, where do you go, or even the ability to like buy it. And get it like tomorrow, which you know, at some point six months from now, you might be able to actually walk into a dealership, and it might be over market, but you might be able to walk into a dealership and buy a Lightning. That's not unless unless Rivian really gets their act together. I mean, actually starts cranking out trucks. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Right. Again, the dealership factor and is who, critical. And you know, for all you Tesla guys and gals, uh, Tesla of course has the Tesla supercharging network, which is a huge benefit. But they've really been dragging their feet on the Cybertruck. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, went, it's a mess. I, I went to look at that thing, uh, and I rode in it. It's three years now. And yeah. now they said 2022. Now they're saying 2023. 2023. Uh, Originally, they said 2021. Now, not not to throw anybody under the bus here. Right. But me personally, yeah. if Which I was get? given yeah. the option between purchasing a vehicle from a dealer network and purchasing from the manufacturer, I would compromise a lot on the vehicle to purchase it directly from the manufacturer. That I've had so many bad dealer experiences. Mm -hmm. There's maybe it's to the point where there's I would and I know a lot of friends like this too. I would purchase a vehicle based on a dealer I know and trust and sacrifice a brand or a vehicle I want. All right, let's wrap. That's how bad some of the dealer experiences let's are. Let's wrap this up and we promise next time we'll talk about how Tommy got stuck in the and, hole. And David ran out of <laughs> David ran out. And, oh, and, I really want to hear about this. You can, you can actually watch it if you go to LTFL. That video is published right now, for part of our Taming Tumbleweed. But anyway, let, let me finish off with this question. All right, you won the lottery. Once again, I take you outside, and there are uh, four trucks sitting out there. And the, the, the part of the, this game show that I'm now giving you is you have to 
take one and drive it for a year. So there's a Cybertruck, there's a Rivian, there's an F-150 Lightning, and then there's a Hummer EVJ. Which one do you take? F-150 Lightning Platinum. Tommy, which one do you take? Yeah, I would take the Ford as well. I really? Think, yeah, oh. oh yeah. The capability I think is great. The front, the mega power front trunk is great. Um, I think the range is pretty good, and I, I just, I really like it. I really like all the size and the options that it offers, especially at mm-hmm. 40, $40,000 is just nuts. Well, you just so. won the lottery, so. No, you got, you, you just, the lottery is like you won. You won truck. an allocation. You won a truck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so it would be Ford all day long. And okay. I, feel, I feel douchey, but I go for the Hummer. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you'd be really comfortable in it. That's the thing. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for joining us for this uh, hijacked edition of uh, uh, our podcast. Next time, we'll be back talking about cars, and Andre will be talking about trucks. Uh, as always, this is Roman. Yeah, it's been Tommy. It's Jay. Yeah, check out alltfl.com uh, uh, for all these videos that we talked about, uh, and see you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.